You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. Hi, I'm John Scheinfeld, documentary filmmaker, and you're with the All Over the Place podcast, where the fun sanity never ends. Hello, welcome back to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. I'm your host, Eric Provoznik. And we got the full cast of characters back in the house today, starting as always with Jim Culver. Hey, Eric, what do, you, what do you call a guy who hangs out with a bunch of musicians all day? I don't know. A drummer. Ah, very nice. <laughs> Why didn't I think to bring in the drumsticks? That's on me. All right. Also, Christine, or going under the pseudonym tonight of Sheila E. Hello. Hello. And Beck. Marty Zamora, Martine, hello. Hello. How yes, are you? And uh, folks, you, you may have noticed uh, 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 Sheila E for Christine tonight. I am uh, I'm from uh, Erie, PA, but I am not Spartacus. I am Guy Patterson from That Thing You Do this evening. Because we are talking drums tonight, and we are excited to have with us the man behind DrumTalkTV.com on Facebook and on, at, at DrumTalkTV.com. Dan Schinder, welcome to All Over the Place. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Hello. So, Dan, I mentioned that you're at drumtalktv.com, and you have to tell our audience a little bit about what you do over there. Wow. Well, the, the dot-com has been around since the very beginning, which is 11 years as of last month, and it has a lot of our interviews from the first pretty much eight of our 11 years if my math is right, and a lot of specials and and different things like that. It's about to go through a makeover starting next week and get a lot of other content that we just weren't updating it on. But all of our content can be found on our Facebook page where we reach 100 million people a year and have over a million fans there. And when I say all our content, that includes our interviews, our event coverage, our documentaries, our silly memes, um, we have four original series, and we curate content from our fans from over 100 countries. All of that content, other than the still images like the memes, are also on our Instagram and YouTube and Vimeo channels as well. And then our new platform, DrumTalkTVBrilliance.com, is a site that's a membership site with exclusive uh, online live streamed experiences like live concerts, live Q&As with big artists and producers, all in 3D environments, no goggles required, can access them from any device. And we got a bunch of other goodies we're getting ready to put in there as well. Real excited about that. And a quick, quick disclaimer in that uh, I know uh, Sheila E slash Christine, I've gotten to know Dan through that, and uh, they're working on a front. Now, uh, is it too early to let the cat out of the bag? And uh, I've gotten in trouble in the past about bringing up things before I'm supposed to. Can, can we talk about the virtual concerts? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We had our first one a week and a half ago. The second one's February 17th, so we can talk about anything. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, again, tell, tell our audience, I know Christine slash Sheila knows, and, uh, you know, just so you're, you're bringing bands in to, you know, Get them out there with the rest of the world. Tell our audience more about that. Oh, I can't talk about that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I like. <that. laughs> I'm in switcherooed. <laughs> yeah. So 
this is really exciting because we're bringing the technology that's popular in the gamer culture, that whole 3D virtual environment, the escapism, uh, being able to also interact with people that are in the environment that might live just wherever in the world into the entertainment industry with live stream concerts where you can navigate to watch the big screen from where you want within that environment. We have a space environment. We have a bubble up in the mountains. We have an island environment. And it's really interesting. And for those who think, oh, well, that's just for the kids. Well, someone that works with Drum Talk TV, who's 74, was on the live stream experiencing it in the environment. And he just loved it. He said, quite frankly, he just said, that was just so fun to be able to move around and sit next to other people. And uh, two of our staff people were, were actually, their avatars were dancing together <laughs> in the environment. Um, so cool. what we're doing is we're doing like the first 10 to 15 minutes live on all our social channels. And then we cut that stream and show the rest of it only for our members and the membership side. The first show we did was with a uh, instrumental band out of Wales called the Kinky Wizards. They're kind of like, think Rush meets Joe Satriani with some other elements of everything from jazz to reggae, really, really neat band. Young guys in their 30s, early 30s, I think. And the next show, February 17th, is gonna feature Aaron Emerson. And if that last name sounds familiar, yes, there is a connection there. And Aaron has a brand new band that's so new. They don't even have a website yet or social channels, bless his heart. And it's called Holiday on Saturn. And I interviewed the drummer today. And it's basically um, electric, psychedelic space blues. And most of it is very improvisational. They'll have a bit of a framework and then they'll go for like 10, 12, 15 minutes. It's really, really neat stuff. Really neat stuff. And it's bass, drums, guitar. Notice the most important ones first. Bass, drums, guitar, and keyboards. And they're just, they're great. So I'm real excited to be working with Aaron. Well, much like the shirt I decided to wear tonight uh, for Wolfgang Van Halen's Mammoth WVH. Yeah, yeah. last name like Emerson. There's going to be a little talent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he's into jazz a lot. And his dad never like was always grilling. I'm like, why are you into that? You know, Keith wasn't into jazz. He was into classical and symphonic and, you know, all, all the great masters of, of the classics. And so it was always kind of a really neat difference, which helps give Aaron his own signature sound and style and path, really, which is really cool. It's, 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 a, it's a Mozart and a Bach piece. It's a mock piece. Right. Layers upon layers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a photo. Eric, Eric will always bring up Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fan favorite always. around here and a host favorite as well. So now, uh, and uh, so yeah, and all this you can check out at drumtalktv.com and also on the Facebook page and definitely uh, check that out. Yeah, uh, actually, that stuff there. you can see at uh, on the Facebook page and whatnot, there's promos, but the actual site for that stuff is drum talk tv brilliance brilliance.com there you yeah. go so, and our tagline is for that is share your brilliance and admire the brilliance of others because we'll also be having fans participate in being able to share some of their content as well oh, through nice. some interesting things yeah and we have two new three new um three 
three new shows that will only be in the membership site and two of them are game shows so we're oh, real excited about getting those going as oh, well that'll probably be about three four months off very cool Fun marty stuff. we have to come up with some alternate themes for the show and then run them by dan there yeah, you go no kidding no yeah kidding. maybe a prog well, rock version oh <laughs> so you know i'm really into prog and i have a whole separate uh business with my son steve called yes shift and it started out as a podcast about the whole Yes universe, but now the Yes universe on our show has expanded to members who have members and producers who have played with other Yes members or former Yes members. So I'm really, really into Prague. Yeah. Oh, Steve Hackett tomorrow. Well, as we're recording this, Steve will be on. What's the date tomorrow? The seventh, and it'll be his second hazing. I mean, appearance. <laughs> Well, we 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 kind of got him uh, a little loosened up for you on a recent. He visited here recently, so yeah, I heard uh, about that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I apparently let some cat out of the bag on that one early. So uh, that's great. He, he my mentioned, he mentioned on about him coming on with you, and he was like, I, "I'm pretty sure I'm signed up for that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, he was great. He was great. He was awesome. He was yeah, looking forward to, to having you on So yeah, anything Prague, bring my way. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. so uh, uh, Christine, have you shared the the uh, our prog show with him with Brian Urso? I have not yet. No, no that, that's coming your yeah. way soon, Dan. That we, cool. we did a we did a whole show about uh, our favorite prog bands. Oh, I'd love to see that. Not yeah. prog and, bands, prog bands. Yeah, and uh, and and yeah, yes, popped up on there uh, quite a bit from the cool. bus. So yeah, very cool. <laughs> 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 a little bit, a little bit. So, yeah. but tonight is about drums, as I mentioned earlier, with our with our guest Dan being our, our foremost authority on the subject. And our three for tonight is three favorite drummers, and then the plus one. We're not going. We're not doing a counter on tonight, folks. This is all about drums. The plus one is our favorite drum solo. Ooh. So, Dan, the way we go about it here, you'll uh, we have our. Top threes, you can do three, two, one, one, two, three, or silver, gold, bronze, whatever you want to do. But we're going to start with you to get things rolling. Okay. Hey, and start this with is your, top... your third, your third top favorite. So first, can I explain why this is so hard for me? There are literally, we're all music lovers here. There are so many drummers, so many phenomenal rhythm sections, narrowing it down to three. And I've only got, I could go on and on with honorable mentions. But yes, this is yeah. difficult. When you get into so music, hard. it's hard to narrow it down to three, but we're doing our best. So, so every we don't want to get you into trouble with anybody. Oh, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, everything other than first, I've got a lot of seconds, thirds. So I'm going to go in order from third by which one of my many thirds was the biggest influence on me. Okay. Ah, a and, twist. Yeah. I'm going to say, and this is hard between second and third, my top second and third would be, I'm going to say third is Carl Palmer. Oh, Carl Palmer. Sorry, Carl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> second. Absolutely. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, hang on. Oh, just kidding. No, I was no, just kidding. kidding. No, we, we name them. We go around the horn. Then you okay. come back for your second. There you go. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You you came up with that name, uh, having just spoken of Emerson. Yeah, and Carl's been on the show two or three times. Yeah, he's 
oh my gosh, just an immense player, immense player. And very early on, he was a huge, huge influence on me. I was in a band at 15 playing Carnival 9, Takata, Jerusalem, all that stuff, 15 to 18 years old. Yeah, it's a huge influence. Nice. Excellent call. Great stuff. Thanks. All right, Marty, to you. Me? Yeah, you. In the words of Beetlejuice, who, me? Uh, so, uh, mine are, uh, they ended up being a little obvious, but you know, I like what I like. These are who I grew up with and, uh, you know, I, I can't get enough of any of them. This is who I listened to when I was 15. This is who I listen to now. These are the guys. So if it's a little, you know, a little hacky, that's all right. I don't mind. Uh, they're obvious ones. (laughs) Uh, my number three, uh, I was going to do them chronologically, but I have favorites. So I'm going to go with uh, John Bonham. Uh, absolutely, positively love his stuff. From, I mean, he was a savage. He he hit him like like he was trying to like he was trying to break him. Like they owed him money, but then also he could I don't know, fool in the rain. He had the little shuffle there, very clean. And then he did a lot of uh, uh, a lot of his timing seemed like it was off timing. But it really wasn't. It just hadn't caught up with the rest of the, you know. So, you know, you 12, you know, 12 or more down the line. Hey, look at that. Everything does line up. Everything does work. But if you don't listen to music that much, it just sounds like it's, you know, what's going on there. But it's, the guy is phenomenal. Um, To be that savage and also be pretty much a click track. I mean, I just love the guy and his style, you know I mean? He, played for one of the greatest rock bands of all time arguably the best but whatever uh one of the best rock bands of all time and i just i love all the stuff he does his intros on rock and roll and the cringe and the crunch i said cringe the crunch uh really great (laughs) intros i mean the dude was just phenomenal he's just always one of the highlights of zeppelin for me I, i love jimmy page and all but man just love that guy John Bonham. And an influence on so many that played in that style afterward. It was like pre pre Bonzo and post Bonzo for rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm guessing lots of guys in the going through the '80s were influenced a lot by him. You know, a lot of drummers you know, looking at that guy and you know, the best. The, the geniuses always you know burn out before they fade away, and sadly, he was one. And it's very quickly, since Dan brought up uh, Emerson, the, the Emerson father-son connection, what, what are your thoughts on Jason Bonham carrying on his dad's legacy? So his first solo album, uh, The Disregard of Timekeeping, mm-hmm. is phenomenal. It's very musical. The drumming is just great. Um, I've seen Jason play in some other situations, his own band, The Led Zeppelin Experience. I love his playing. The only little, God, I hope he doesn't find out about this, Bob. I got to just be honest. The only issue I personally have is using a double pedal playing Led Zeppelin music. Mm. Oh. Like, like, seriously? You're well, he, didn't have, he didn't have 12 appendages like his father seemed to have. You know yeah. what? I, I wish someone else was saying what I'm going to say. I've been playing good times, bad times, like it is on the record since I was 10. Because I didn't know that you weren't supposed to be able to do it. And we played it in May 
at our 10 year anniversary show, the drum talk TV 10 year anniversary, I got my old band together, the bass player and the guitar player where we did three hour shows where 80% of the show was Led Zeppelin. We played it just like every bootleg of any year we could play it, but our singer doesn't sing anymore. So we got Chaz West who sung with foreigner Bonham and his own band Westbound. And I don't get the double paddle thing playing Led Zeppelin. It like shouldn't even be allowed. Yeah, you got to have that flutterfoot. Absolutely. And it's like anything else. It, you you develop a skill, you develop, you practice. And you, so that's the only thing. But that first album, when I have them on the show, I'm not going to bring that up. But I do want to say the disregard of timekeeping, how did that just get set on its own and not because it's very musical and he did a lot of the writing. And Trevor Rabin sings all the background vocals with yeah. the other two guys in the band. It's really a great album. And one of the greatest album titles of all time, too. I always yeah. dug that. So, Especially yeah, by yeah. drummer. <laughs> That's really yep. good. That's really good. Yeah. All right, Jim. Round the circle to you. All right. Uh, my number three is a drummer from one of my uh, one of my favorite bands in my 20s. It's uh, Travis Barker from uh, Blink-182. Uh, tremendous drummer. I, I think, honestly, one of the, the better pure musicians in modern punk. He's, he's really, really talented. Um he and he's really versatile he's he's played with uh not only did did he play some incredible stuff with blink 182 but he's played with with rap bands with hip-hop bands uh he started his he started his own his own group for a while uh just just incredibly uh talented and really has eclipsed his uh, eclipsed blink 182 in my opinion both in terms of talent and celebrity uh and uh yeah just just a great drummer and uh and he he actually gives lessons to drum lessons to kids in his spare time, so I so so really good guy, and uh, yeah, just incredibly talented, and you know, uh, band's a guilty pleasure for me. What can I say? You know, I, like I, I, I said, like what you as, like, and, and maybe the rest of us are in that age group. I look at him as like the new kind of the the new wave of, of good drummers that came through, and uh, <laughs> you know. And then I think, wow, that's not that new. That guy's like 40. Like, that was 20 years ago. I know. That's weird. I still think of him as a contemporary. Yeah. 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 He's, there's not, not much new about him. He's, he's old like us now. New-ish. Let's just make Pretty ourselves much. feel better. New-ish. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, we're talking about these guys that are from the 70s and 80s. Well, he's from the 90s, which, you know, let's face it, that was, you know, 30 years ago. Just last week, right? all right christine to you okay well my number three um i mean how many i can imagine like not a ton of artists can say they've been in the same band for 50 years but um mine has (laughs) since he was like a teenager uh doesn't hurt he's not um bad on the eyes either but um larry mullen jr from u2 um don't hate me marty but um (laughs) 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 but um you know just the way that he plays that that kind of military very staccato kind of you know playing it's gets me every time can't i mean i'm like brought back to my teenage years every time i hear him play so Love it. And, and I like that he was able to make the transition once Lanois and Eno came in and started producing them, losing a little bit of that staccato and just getting just finding that groove. Yeah. Yeah. 
the the next phase for YouTube. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of groove, my, my number three, my bronze, I'm going to go with Manu Kache. Oh, yeah. I feel so blessed that Christina and I got to see him play with Peter Gabriel last year. I've been listening for years with Peter Gabriel, uh, Sting, Eurythmics, Jeff Beck, Tears for Fears. He was on the uh, So in the Seeds of Love album. I love Manu, his work on that. Manu Kache, it's just finds that pocket and it, it, you you know it's him. And it, but he's not overly obtrusive. It's just he finds that pocket, and it's just drumming brilliance. I agree. Yeah, he's great. He was amazing to see live. Just definitely, that was a checkbox musically. Cool. Much like with with BB uh, King, it's the silence between the notes. Manukache, it's like that on the drums. The silence between when he's hitting that that percussion. Love it. Yeah. All right, now, Dan, back to you for your number two. This is so hard. Uh, but I'm because, like, as everyone's talking, honestly, I'm thinking of a couple guys from like the 40s and 50s and early 60s, but I won't do that. My number two is very clearly Phil Collins. Phil has been such an influence on me, not just with his work in decades of Genesis. But I love his work on the first two Robert Plant albums are yes. great. He did some great stuff with Eric Clapton. He plays on the song Sowing the Seeds of Love. He plays that song, yep. which is the most Beatlesque thing anyone's ever done outside the Beatles, in my opinion. Sure. Um, but Phil, I just, in fact, where oh, I was going to reach for his book. I don't have it because I listened to his audio book. I just finished it a week and a half ago, his biography, truly amazing life. And um, we're working on getting Phil on. I've had both his sons on a couple of times, Nick and Simon separately. And Phil, just aside the fact that he became a great singer, became a great lyricist, became a great producer, songwriter, a phenomenal drummer. Just when you listen to those early um, Genesis albums from Foxtrot, all through Peter Gabriel years and then the first couple albums with Phil on lead vocals, The Wind and Weathering and Trick of the Tail, or rather, um, yeah, Trick of the Tail. Just unbelievable stuff. It really is. Well, really. maybe the most the most legendary uh, drum solo of all time in the air tonight. The intro, yeah. Yeah, the most air drummed played drum fill slash intro. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to be a drummer to to mimic it either which is great which, which and correct me if i'm wrong here dan i know he picked that up that that sound that the, the uh from peter gabriel coming off of intruder like the second third peter gabriel with intruder was that man Yukache playing on those albums by that stage of peter gabriel don't remember if he played on all those but phil and his engineer slash producer hugh padgham they developed that gated drum sound Mm. Where it just <laughs> cut, they well, developed it sounded, even. I thought it sounded even better on Mama. Yeah, Genesis, yeah. Genesis album, definitely. Yeah. Great drummer, just great. Now I was lucky enough to get to see him play with Clapton on. Uh, let's see what tour would that have been. It was eighty six, uh, eighty seven. No, it was eighty seven. So and I was Phil Collins, Nathan East, and Greg Fillingaines as oh, a band cool. for Eric Clapton. Yeah. I didn't see him with anybody, not even solo, believe it or not, but Genesis. And I saw him, I think, 
six times with Genesis, and it was just a freaking thrill every time. Just so good. And I love the music that he did for Disney's Tarzan movie, too, just the, the jungle oh. beats that he had in that. Yeah, the story he tells about how that came about is really interesting, too. Really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, just a great drummer and a yeah. funny guy, a funny guy, too. That great sense of humor. Lo always loved watching him in the videos and and his uh, his uh, guest appearance on Miami Vice. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. But what, what that, that's a road we don't want to digress down. Guest appearances on, on Miami Vice. So Marty, I'm going to flip it over to you. <laughs> Come on, digression is our from the agency. <laughs> <laughs> right. That'll be a different show. Our favorite Miami Vice cameos. <laughs> yeah, we should we should name the show Side Quest. We get lost <laughs> often. <laughs> So, uh, uh, so uh, I think, and you mentioned the the gated drums. Um, did they? Was it also? Uh, uh, was he the one that added reverb also with the heavy gated? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, it's like the gated really, reverb. Yeah, really interesting sound. You know, I mean, reverb on drums. What does that yeah, even he sound like? But it turns out how know, exactly they came up with it. It's really neat. Yeah, really neat. And speaking of signature sounds, um, my next one, my number two, uh, he, uh, in my amateur, you know, I'm not a drummer. I can hold a beat for about a half a song. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, but uh, I always thought he had this big, enormous, huge sound. Um, kind of like Kiss as a band, always sound kind of big. Everything seemed like they were playing to a massive stadium. Uh, Alex's drums were always really big. I love mm -hmm. Alex Van Halen. Uh, he was one of the earlier guys with the double bass. Um, there was other guys that did it, obviously. But he was he was one of the early guys. I mean, let's face it. You know, I mean, it, somebody else came up with it. But he adopted it and really played well uh, on it. Uh, just always mm -hmm. a big sound and always... Uh, interesting you could you could always pick it out it was always there any part of the song you could always if you thought about the drums you could tune right in on what he was doing and i just loved it and he had the really uh the really epic stuff on like hot for teacher and um panama and that kind of stuff where he was yeah. just ripping um you know and here we go so <laughs> uh dan you'll be able to do this in, in some other time but uh just the drumming uh, underneath Eddie on jump. What he does is so odd and strange. And if you solo that on whatever software you have, yeah, it is. It's it's phenomenal. It's unreal what he, what he's doing there. Yeah, and I've never listened to the guitar. It's just so good. That's um, cool. Really good stuff. I I just love the guy. I love. Uh, I think maybe there's a bit of a good connection there with him and his brother. Yeah, I mean, other people had it as well. Uh, but uh, I just always just just love the guy, and he never. I don't know. Somehow everybody liked somebody else, or yeah, he's fine, I guess. Eddie over, sort of. You know, he was amazing, so he sort of stole the show. But man, yeah. love the guy. Love the way he drums. Love the way his drums sound. And they were throughout the years, they stayed pretty consistent. You know, there was obviously progression, but just love it, love it, love it, love the guy, cool. love the music. Van Halen's in my top three anyway and uh no so is he great that breakdown on light up the sky mm, yes beautiful and yes. subtleties on loss of control 
Oh, I mean, drop the needle anywhere on the album, on any album, and you go, wow, what's he doing here? It's just, it's really good stuff. Really like the guy. Love it. Cool. And we're supposed to be arguing, but we, we talked about, you know, more more friction on the show, but yeah, it's, you know what? It's Alex Van Halen. You're never going to hear me argue uh, with that one or Phil Collins. Or, nope. It's not all right, Dan, happen. what do you got? What's wrong with Alex Van Halen? You got to argue with perfection. I don't have anything wrong, but I'll say that he's one of those drummers that absolutely has a signature sound. Like you said, his his snare drum is his snare drum. You know, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and he did keep that consistent through the years as well, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything bad to say about him. <laughs> Damn it! Right, well, on that, I don't on think that, I have uh, anything bad to say about any drummers. Just a little thing that bothers me personally about Jason with the double little tweaks. Double, sure. That's the only thing. <laughs> All right, Jim, to you. It was, Dan, you've never heard my uh, my Garage Band play. You trust me, you'd have some bad things to say. But anyway, um, so you Dan kind of swiped my number two with Phil Collins, but that's okay. That's been known to happen around here. Um, and which, by the way, didn't he just do his his last perform his last uh, performance? Yeah, yeah. Like the last the uh, last year they did the last Genesis tour with his son Nick on drums, and Phil just sat and sang the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, my, my, uh, refresh number two is, um, uh, Chad Smith from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. Uh, really, really underrated talent in my opinion. Uh, I didn't realize just how talented that guy was till I saw, I saw the, the peppers in uh, it live in mm. concert. Man, that guy is just, is a beast on stage. I mean, you know, you want to talk about somebody who's mastered limb independence, this guy plays like all four of his limbs have been possessed by demons, <laughs> different demons, and they're all in fast forward. Just all <laughs> just unbelievable. It's I, I don't know how he does some of the stuff he does, but uh, but yeah, really, really incredible talent, and uh, just been just been killing it with 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 those guys since uh, since the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, people yeah, say John Frusciante is the one that brought them to the next level with Mother's Milk. I say Chad Smith was just as, if not more important, to the Chili Peppers. Both of those guys yeah. coming in on Mother's Milk. Yeah, absolutely. I um, uh, to further demonstrate how good he is, I saw a uh, Chili Peppers tribute band in Lake Havasu, and they were really, really good. But that, he was struggling. He just. That, it was the one thing that didn't really fit that well. And I'm like, eh, well, he's, I guess it's a little, a little more signature than I, than I thought. I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I knew he was good. I mean, let's face it. These guys are good. But um, I, I, you know, I noticed how, how good he was because how different it sounded with someone else doing it. Somebody else trying to sound like him. Yeah. So. Well, sounding like a band is, is one thing, but playing on their level is something completely different. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For sure. And Chicken Foot, Chad Smith deserves as much kudos for that band as he does for the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Love Chicken Foot. Christine, to you. Okay. Well, for my number two, like I definitely, in past uh, um, episodes, we've talked about um, different bands and things like that. And I love those bands where there's a lot going on on stage. 13 different members, 10 different members. There's so much to see, so much to watch. Um, but for my number two, um, 
this guy is part of a duo, <laughs> shockingly. And like Marty said with Alex Van Halen, playing it like it owes you money. Um, they put out so much sound for only having drum and bass. Um, and I'm actually going to mention my honorable mention right now, too, because there's actually two bands that I totally love right now um, that are both two pieces. Um, and mm. just the amount of sounds that these guys put out for only having, you know, drum and bass, it's unbelievable. So my honorable mention is actually Justin Tessier from Blue Stones. And if you've known me since the beginning of 22, you know that anytime I talk to anybody about music, I'm like, you've got to listen to the Blue Stones. They're amazing. They're so good. And I just found out they're up for a bunch of Juno Awards, actually. Mm. But, um, they're awesome. And yet none of us mentioned them for the Canadian they're bands. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're awesome. But my number two pick for my favorite um, drummer is actually Ben Thatcher from Royal Blood. Um, he's just unbelievable. If you are not familiar with Royal Blood, you need to check them out, especially their self-titled album, which came out, I think, 2017, 2017 I think, if I'm not mistaken. But um, unbelievable. Highly respected in the community. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, um, John Bonamite himself. Like he fully admits that he just loves the sound and tries to replicate and all that. And, um, you know, the guy uses a flaming gong on his shows. So, you know, you gotta love that as well. You get good sound out of flames. <laughs> he got that from John Bonham too. Right. <laughs> and we and did see you... them the end of last year. We actually saw both my number two bands last year and, and blue stones I'd seen before. So I knew they were good, but man, cool. Royal blood, we saw the end of November. They're a, um, they're a UK band. I think yeah. mm -hmm. I'm yeah. pretty sure they're from uh, the UK, but um, they are just amazing. So good in concert. Cool. And two guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, keeping with the John Bonham theme, my number two, my, my John Bonham. I'm going to go with Tony Thompson mm. from Cheek and Power Station. Yeah. And wow. that guy, and along with Phil Collins, there, there were when Zeppelin reunited in 85 for Live Aid, they had to look, it's John Bonham. You're replaced. You've got to replicate up on stage. They had Phil Collins and Tony Thompson on stage drumming that day. And Tony just, he like Marty, Marty was saying, and then well, with, uh, with with Bonzo and uh, and Jim with Travis Parker just pounding on that drum like it owes him money, but he's got that groove that he that he displays so well in Chic, and you're you're paired up with one of my favorite bass players that the the rhythm section and power station, John Taylor and Tony Thompson together just clicked grooved yeah. it just it's it's a it's, it's a booming groove and Tony Thompson just and as as we learned uh, from Dave Grohl not too shabby a drummer himself but uh, he was talking with Pharrell about you know coming up with his drum sound and uh pharrell was complimenting on how great a drummer he was he's like dude i i just stole that from you know the gap band and and chic and he met tony thompson at a party he's like dude i'm so happy to meet you i've been ripping you off for years and tony thompson just looked at him and said yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> so tony thompson much love rest in peace that just yeah. the, the the boom and groove love it Cool. All right, now now that brings us around to Dan for his third choice, his number one of the evening. Without question. I forgot who. No, just kidding. 
<laughs> John effing Bonham. Um, a lot of guys my age or older had the um, the Beatles moment on TV and they wanted to become musicians. When I saw Led Zeppelin in 1979, um, I had already been playing seven, eight years and I was, I was pretty good. And I wanted to be an oceanographer. I wanted to be the next Jacques Cousteau. But when, and I was in Tuesday night jazz band at school, I played an orchestra, played in concert band and played on my own to my favorite music. But when I saw, my dad took me to see them and by the third song, I realized, wait, like, so that could be a career path. And a few days later, uh -oh. I got my parents together and said, I don't want to be an oceanographer anymore. My mom said, oh, great. What do you want to be? And I said, I want Lawyer? to be a professional drummer like John Bonham. And we hit her with the paddles a few times to revive her. And <laughs> she was a little disappointed at first, but, but a year later, she found what was my first paid gig, which was a tour touring drummer with a singing group called Spirit of America around the United States, and I was 15. So my parents wow. always supported me, which meant so much. But John Bonham, he does get, I think, typecasts a lot for just being a basher and being bombastic. Listen to songs like, my best example is Down by the Seaside. Other than oh, yeah. the bridge, it is so delicate and it's yeah. a shuffle in slow motion. <laughs> and he just was phenomenal. He had the groove, he could improvise, he was quick, he was subtle. Um, I just can't say a, a, enough about how great he really, really was as a, a drummer and a, a true musician. And, um, he, he's my biggest influence, even though I'm so into Prague and I play so much Prague, but any Zeppelin song on any day, no matter how long it's been since I played it, I'll play it backwards, forwards, inside and out on whatever version you want. Because I, I literally studied his playing for decades like I was learning a language and it's just second nature to me. And I listen to every nuance of every bootleg of every tour they had. I have a collection and I really just got into it. And I think that's what really taught me how to pay attention to not just the drums, but what all the other instruments were doing separately and together. And I believe it helped me develop a really good ear because I'm not going to learn something like Supper's Ready or Cinema Show or Trampled Underfoot or Carousel Ambra reading charts or any other bands. You know, I, I need to just hear it a bit and then examine and then teach all this how to do it you know that's just always been my my way of learning but absolutely my favorite drummer and most well, influential you, you kept it together there with a poker face when i dropped john bonham you just nodded <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's all right yeah yeah he's he's fine he, so he, he knew the he cringe, had a phenomenal huh? inspiration story behind it <laughs> yeah yeah I saw, you, I saw you cringe when i said the cringe the, the, I, got it. I caught myself. I mean, I have the timpani drums and everything. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had those timpani drums. Now, my parents weren't rich, but after I saw Led Zeppelin, I told my parents, I want two things. I said, I want a pair of timpani drums. I was playing them in orchestra. And then I saw what Bonzo did. And I want an eight string mandolin. 
because I loved how Jimmy and John Paul Jones played mandolin, and I loved that kind of style of music, Renaissance and Baroque music like Jethro Tull played. I actually got an Ibanez mandolin like a month later, wow. worked it off, and they bought, they found two, a pair of used pedal tune timpanis that were owned by a music store owner nearby who I didn't, was not a patron of. We went to a different music store, but they were his. He was the first owner and he played them on recordings like with Artie Shaw and people like that. They're like 1958, 1959 Slingerland timpanis. And I'm the second owner. I was 14 when I got them. And I, I, hesitate sometimes to tell that story because I don't want people to think I came from a family with money, which would be okay, but I didn't. And my parents, I dug freaking rosebush holes for 20 years for my mom in their yard to pay that off. <laughs> uh, and you still have them? I do. Yeah. They're set up with my big blue prog kit. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. Love them. It's my favorite instrument. And believe it or not, my second favorite instrument to the timpani drums is the harp. <laughs> Which is hard. weird, right? <laughs> How hard opposite all could those instruments be? <laughs> be an interesting duet. Yeah. Well, we're going to get you a glockenspiel, too. Just to I have one. I have one. <laughs> of course you do. I didn't even need to. It makes sense. I, yeah. Nothing, nothing drops all these, though. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> drops the panties like a glockenspiel. <laughs> yeah. And an accordion. Yeah. <laughs> You're damn right. Right there, right there. Hey, Marty, do you? I get the joke now. I get the joke now. To whom? Welcome to the world of feeling. <laughs> to whom? All right, Marty, okay, your, your Marty. turn to live the glamorous life. What's that? Number one? Marty, over to you for your number one. Oh. We're to number one? Okay. Or goal, right. however you well, wanted to find it. As obvious as obvious could be. Uh, big fan of the band. Everybody knows. Drum roll. He's uh, he's uh, there. You go. Uh, yeah, and old Neil. He he played a little drums in a little band. Canadian, I think they were. I'm not sure. They might have been from Madagascar. I'm not sure, but they're they they're really good. Really good. They, something pro productive rock, or I can't remember the term. <laughs> progressive ah oh, there you go so yeah uh just uh you know what I, just so much there's just endless endless amounts of stuff i could say about about neil um but i mean i don't even know where to start or end he's amazing <laughs> uh i love everything about what he does um i'm just uh, the other day the spirit of Spirit of the Radio is one of my favorite songs, and I happened to hear it on the way to work. And the thing that popped out that listen was the drums. I was like, "Wow, that I like what's going on there." Wow, that's that's really cool. Not that I'd never noticed it before, but on that day and that more on that morning, it was just that's what. Usually, it's the lyrics because you know it's pretty cool. Radio being your friend in the morning and all that, but uh, boy, that Neil he could he could do some stuff. You know, not. Uh, not, he was a, a true percussionist. He did all of it. There wasn't anything he didn't do. And playing even notes, and, and obviously you know all the things he's done. But just love the guy. love everything about him, everything he ever did. Uh, I, I mean, I know a lot of drummers would say, well, so-and-so was better, so-and-so was better. Uh, you know, it's subjective, but uh, definitely he's one of the best to ever do it. You know, he's in, at least in the top 50. 
Oh yeah. yeah. I kid. I kid. Uh, I, I, I think he's funny. the best ever, but there are some others you could make easy arguments for, but he's definitely one of the top guys. Well, yeah. love Neil Peart. No surprise at all. No surprise to anyone. I think he wouldn't get much argument from most people that he's one of the top best yeah. you know, drummers yeah. in the world even, ever. Even drummers that don't really like him. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> All right, Jim. Do I do I do I sense a a duplicate coming on this one, or what what what's in your number one slot? Okay, well, you? let me start with my with my honorable mention, and that's the aforementioned Dave Grohl. I uh, got to got to give him props because I mean. You know, when you're the drummer for the, mo the most famous grunge band of all time, that's a pretty tough act to follow when you get out on your own. But he absolutely pulled it off and has done some amazing things. Uh, so that's my, that's my honorable mention. My number one, I'm going way back for this one. It's obviously he's obviously before my time, but uh, I really looked up to him as kind of an inspiration when I was when I was first learning how to play. So I can't not have him be my number one. And that's uh, Buddy Rich. Who I, I think I honestly is probably the best drum, but this the the best drummer in American history. I mean, the the stuff this guy can could do physically was was just physically impossible. And I I sometimes wonder if he sold his soul for his talent like Robert Johnson did. Just absolutely unbelievable. And he played. I mean, he played with everyone in the '40s, '50s, and '60s, from you know Sinatra to Gene Krupa to I mean everybody who was big then. And uh, just, yeah, absolutely iconic. Um, and uh, obviously hugely influential, maybe not as influential as Gene Krupa, but definitely up there. Uh, and uh, just an absolutely unbelievable talent. I mean, just look up uh, the impossible drum solo if you don't believe me. The guy's just unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, in incredible, uh, absolutely incredible talent and uh, really fascinating guy. I mean, he, the, guy, the guy taught martial arts in the, in the Marines during world war two. And I, you know, I think that kind of played into his temperament a little bit later in life, but, uh, but yeah, just, just, yeah. Unbelievably iconic talent and, uh, and uh, somebody, somebody that even all, all these years later, people look up to. So. Yeah. 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 Very glad this one was brought up. Yeah. I was taught early on in life. There's good drummers, but it all starts with buddy rich. That's, that's absolutely the, that's the, the impetus. Yeah. Nice. Right. Yeah, he was Christine. he was like the oh, first sorry. yeah go ahead yeah he, he seemed to be like the first guy to sort of influence rock drummers you know everybody before him it was probably a little too early and you know rock came along a lot later and he was probably one of the first guys that a lot of the older rock drummers kind of looked up to you know because he was that just previous generation and he was an absolute savage for yeah. sure. Yeah. Great. Great pick, Jim. Great pick. All right, Christine, to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, as um, I've mentioned before, <laughs> uh, one of my all-time favorite bands, without the doubt, without a doubt, is The Police. And, of course, Stuart mm. Copeland is a god. He is yeah. an absolute musical god. Um, you know, I know a lot of people like to pen him as being like an elitist, <laughs> but he's Man, just whatever. a musical genius. He's just unbelievable. And of course, Absolutely. my bulk of my knowledge of him is just from the police. But like, 
ever since we brought up this, I've had like canary in a coal mine running through my head, you know, like just that sound from, you know, canary in a coal mine. Oh my gosh. He's just unbelievable. Amazing uh, drummer. And um, absolutely love him. Yeah. He's great. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a reason I love this woman and we're, we, we, we share our top pick. Uh, oh. and for me, and Eric's sure. a lot more um, eloquent talking about all of this stuff, so I'll let him take it from here. Well, I, I, no, I mean, you, yeah, you know awesome. everything about him. And just you know, the guy <laughs> plays every instrument. You look at, and uh, I mean, just what, what, since he started doing uh, score work back with Rumblefish and the song that he did with Stan Ridgeway on that album, "Don't Box Me In," guitar, drums, and I think uh, Stan just sang and played the harmonica on that one. Stewart did everything else. His Clark Kent side project, a little more goofy stuff, but still just, you know. And Oysterhead um, as well. Don't forget what, that. Oysterhead and uh, Gizmo Drome that he just had with uh, the, the, it's like a prog rock. Uh, well, no, Robert Fripp and, uh, oh gosh, I'm blank on uh, Mark King, the, the bass player from Level 42. And I can't remember the other. There's an Italian instrumentalist who's also in that band, but it, it you get Stuart Copeland, you know getting a little bit more eccentric in, in the, those kind of projects. But I've always liked him because he does more with less. Doesn't need the huge kits, but yes, he's got the gong back there that he goofs around with from, from time to time. But just tea in the Sahara and walking your footsteps. I mean, just the delicate playing in that and just he's a worldly guy. And once I saw the movie The Rhythmatist back mm. in the 80s, and just going going to Africa and just getting the roots of that and uh, his background as uh, the the family they lived in was CIA his his father, uh, so he was in all these different parts of the world absorbing all these different musical styles and making it his own, and then taking that to working on uh, film scores through the years as well, and Stuart Copeland again just what what more can you say just he's the rhythmist he's my favorite he's my baddest ass. Player, just I, I could listen to Stuart Copeland just play, play a, a little mini tin pan, and he, he'd <laughs> figure out how to make it sound like an orchestra. And I also yeah. like that he's doing uh, orchestra work. He went out and he did uh, Ben Hur. He he yeah. an orchestra playing along to the original silent Ben Hur. He he and the orchestra provided the music for it in, in touring around the country, and then he just did the orchestral uh, breakdowns of police songs off of that Stuart copeland what can't you do god bless you love the love, love the arithmetist concur cool and now right. we're gonna no move on to our for many of us <laughs> I, I, these are just folks great drummer but i i do want to get a, a very quick uh honorable mention to brian tishy who's been in a bunch of different groups through the years, but he came up with something. Uh, he debuted it on that metal show, I think 2012, I think it was. And he was working with a speed bag and yeah. that into his percussion work and just watching him do that. And he's wailing away and then just killing the skins and just boom, 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 and hit, hitting the speed bag, incorporating it into, into his drum routine. Awesome. And, and also uh, that I don't know any of the drummers names from Adam and the ants, but that Burundi sound, that double mm. drum thing that Adam and the Ants did back in the day on the, the Kings of the Wild Frontier album. I know Marty, it's a favorite of, my, of both me and Marty. The drum sound okay. on that, the Burundi drums, awesome. Uh, and I now we're going to move on to our, our plus one, our favorite drum solo. 
Five minutes. It could be a twenty-minute drum solo. Dan, you're as our expert. We're gonna kick this off again with you. I'm gonna give us a few honorable mentions first. Yes. Um, and Neil Peart certainly a huge influence on me. He's in my top five. Um, Barrymore Barlow, with who played with Jethro Tull for a very long time. Great. Also on the Robert Plant solo albums. Another great solo that he did on Bursting Out. Um, My good friend, the late, great Alan White of Yes, Bill Bruford, um, Terry Bozio. There's so many. But my two favorite, I have to say two, two favorite solos that I just cannot get enough of. John Bonham's version of Moby Dick on the vinyl original version soundtrack of The Song Remains the Same. I just lived, breathed, ate that until I had it totally down. Just love that. Um, The other one, look up Drum Talk TV, Papa Joe Jones. And the solo that this guy did in 19, I think it was 58, with, um, he was playing with Louis Armstrong. No, or Dizzy Gillespie. It's it's shown in the video. The, vi- the video starts with the band ending on the note that leads into the drum solo. This guy's hand work, there were a lot of drummers that played with their hands before John Bonham. Um, Papa Joe Jones was one of them. And to this day, I've watched and watched and watched and watched and watched and watched. I cannot figure out what the F word he's doing. I can't physically put it together or even mimic the sound. Because before video, you'd figure something out and do it. It would sound just like it. But then years later, you might see him in concert or see a video and go, oh, that's how he's doing it. But with Papa Joe Jones, I can't even fake the sound of what he's doing with his fingers and his whole hands. It's an amazing solo. It's in black and white. Just amazing. And those guys all played in suits back then. Get out of here with that. Like, really? In one one mic, a suit, and a tie. You know, I can barely play with pants on. I need to be comfortable. I mean, I have shorts usually, you know. But those two solos, and there's so many more. Carl Palmer solo from... Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Ladies and gentlemen, Emerson Lake and Palmer, the longest album title, by the way, ever put out. <laughs> There's just so many, but those two are the ones that, um, the the one with Bonzo, when it came out, I've known about it since, but I didn't know about the Papa Joe Joe ones until I started doing Drum Talk TV, and then I came across it, and it just blew my mind. So those are two tied for first that I have to say I can never get enough of, <laughs> excuse me, Watching well, I, learning. I wrote it down, Papa Joe Jones. I'm gonna check that one out for sure. Definitely. Cool. Just amazing. Yeah. All right, Marty, to you. All right. So uh before I say this, because my pick's really boring and it's it, it's really obvious and a bit hacky, but I don't care. Is um, it one of my solos? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't I was I was not gonna say it, but here we go. No. Uh, so I have a honorable mention besides you. Um, and I forgot to say it earlier. Oh, Ian Pace. Um, I have to throw in Ian Pace. Sorry, Ian Pace, Deep Purple. Ian Pace, Ian Pace, Ian Pace. Ian Pace. Genius. So uh, I don't know anything about this guy. I've only seen him do uh, drum tricks, if you will. Um, he might be the most uh, gifted or talented or whatever you want to call it, technical speed type guy 
the sorry i'm so good at this i've only been doing this for one year or no how's it go uh i've been doing it one year and i'm already this good so uh uh sebastiano the guy that's the talk of the town everybody's blown away by this guy with his single hand drum rolls that is confusing people and um i believe he's italian um just i think i know who he might be spanish yeah that guy with the big beard yeah 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 does freakish things yeah i don't know i have no idea how he'd be in a band but everything he shows you just go what is he doing uh, I've watched so many reviews, other drummers review, and just watching it in real time going, well, what is happening here? How, what, what is that? How does that work? What is, <laughs> um, anyway, the guy's, he's freakish. Yeah, check him out if you haven't seen him. He's an absolute freak. He does robotic stuff. It's really weird. And then, uh, no, and then on the opposite end of my honorable mentions has nothing to do with his drum talent. He was just one of the guys that brought the drummer out front and uh, had fun with it and made it a party tommy lee he got out there mm. and he you know the drummer became an important guy and i know there was guys that did it over the years um but he was he was one of the guys that was really made sure you knew who the drummer was and that he was a cool guy and he was having fun and partying and all that and it was just fun i was in high school what's not to like Obviously, he was good and good enough to be in a band, you know, and he played high school marching band and crap like that. But uh, I, I don't think he's anything special as a drummer. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. I don't know. But he was a lot of fun. So that's why he's my honorable mention. I mean, a roller coaster. You got to be a real idiot to do that. You do. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was I'm my drum on a roller coaster. Lived a famously you know? wholesome life, too. Anyway, uh, my... My stupid drum solo thing is just, it's Tom Sawyer. It's I, probably not anymore, but, you know, 20 years of just can't believe how much I love that solo. You know, over the years, obviously, there's been a lot of other stuff. But if you if you look at an aggregate of solos that I've really gotten jazzed up about, that's probably the one that's been spent the most time making my brain happy. So <laughs> it's a bit... Uh, a bit of an easy layup there, but hey, it's really good. <laughs> Once again, as you said, we like what we like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I there's a million other things I could say and that I've heard once or twice or five times, but I've heard that one five thousand times or more, and I still love it. So that that I guess that has to be it. And I just very quickly want to just get on record. I do not understand why Tommy Lee gets so much crap. From so many people who claim to be love drummers, but oh, he's a hack. Yeah, same reason Ringo does. Yes, Ringo is so underrated. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Tommy Lee, uh, with a unit like that, and he's still bothered to learn how to play the drums. That's that's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I spoke that joke from Artie Lang. Sometimes we're, we're more of a family show than others, folks. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take it up to Family Man Jim. All right. So uh, my my pick for my favorite drum solo is actually not by a professional musician, but but still a talented one, and, and it still counts as a performance. Uh, Dana Carvey 
uh, doing the doing the drum solo at the music store in Wayne's World. I think was such a <laughs> such a blast I of a drum it. solo, no, and it does count as a performance because it was, he didn't yes. practice it. It wasn't scripted. They just set up the drums and said, "Go nuts," and we'll film it. And he absolutely killed it. Like I thought, that was a, an amazing drum solo, and it was and it's so much fun. And and, uh, <clears throat> and oh, and a little bit, little bit of trivia. So they, you know, you know, after that, the guy walks up to him and says, "You're amazing, dude." That was supposed to be Ringo Starr in a cameo, oh. and he couldn't, oh, wow. he couldn't, he couldn't uh, make the filming because he was touring at the time. So it just had to be. It just ended up being some random dude. So. Um, but yeah, absolutely love that scene and love that solo. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and you know, you know, Garth is just such a fun character and one of the reasons I wanted to be a drummer. So uh, that's my pick. And a couple of quick honorable mentions. Uh, since I'm including actors anyway, I'm going to include Rowan Atkinson, who does a <laughs> hilarious bit on stage where he doesn't plays an invisible drum set. Yeah. Uh, if, if you haven't seen that, look it up. It's great. Uh, and uh, also, I'm going to include Tyler Stewart of Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, every, every concert, he does an extended drum solo, uh, while the, while the rest of the band walks backstage. And then the, the, the video plays like video feed of the, the rest of the band, like getting massages, lighting up cigars, and just basically like just doing all this stuff while he's playing, while he's playing through the solo. And it's a That's hilarious gag. So, and he's, he's incredibly talented too. But, uh, so yeah, those are my, those are my honorable mentions. Well, I, I love the Garth Algar choice. He likes to watch. He also likes to play. I like to play. So, uh, Dan, you're a drummer. Um, I don't understand. The guy, the hardest working guy on stage is the guy that doesn't get to take a break. Depends the on the goes band. Back, Depends on the smoke. band. The drummer is doing the most. And then everybody takes a break and he keeps, he does even more. He, yeah, but there, there are bands that have songs where the drummer gets a break. But for the most part, you're right. He's the I one that goes even farther. He or she goes farther while everyone else is taking a break from not doing yeah, that much. I mean, they're already doing the most. The drummer is already working harder than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what David Lee Roth thinks. <laughs> the drummer is the hardest worker. And, and and then he gets to turn it up to 11 while everybody gets a break. Uh, yeah. Man. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, they should Marty, be fanning you, him or something. Yeah. You, the, you, you brought him up right there, David Lee Roth, Van Halen. You had a bass solo and a guitar solo. So there are two times where Al gets to take a break. Yeah. And uh, since you brought up going to 11, Marty, who was your favorite Spinal Tap drummer? Was it was it Stumpy John Peeps or was it Mick Shrimpton? <laughs> <laughs> so many to pick or, from, R.I.P. Or, 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 or what, what's your favorite way uh, of a Spinal Tap drummer dying? Spontaneous oh, combustion or dying from choking on someone else's vomit? Explosion. I've done both and survived. See? Ah. That's why he's here, folks, and not <laughs> off drumming for Spinal Tap. That's By right. the way, nobody <laughs> nobody mentioned Animal from the Muppets. Ah. Christine <laughs> hasn't done her solo yet. You don't know. Move, Marty. Oh, I was just yep. going to mention that my favorite Man. fictitious drummer is... Damn animal it. since jim brought up yeah, it's funny. my coverage <laughs> <laughs> my all right well well sheila e slash christine 
We go to you for your Well, I do need to give a shout out to the wonderful and amazing um, Sheila E. who played. Um, I was exposed to her because of Purple Rain, um, where she was on stage with him. And she performed with him a lot, you know, in Mm -hmm. the 80s. And man, that woman, like, and I, you know, was a kid, didn't realize that females could play the drums as well. But man, she was unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. So shout out to Sheila E. Um, well, again, you come from that family, though, a very musical family with her dad. True. You know, Good point. Jazz player, so. True. Good point. Steve yeah. It's in the jeans. Bobby. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't always transfer, though. Sometimes you need a double pedal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Fall back on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the thing we'll, 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 we'll do some clever editing on this one, Dan, so Jason never finds out. <laughs> oh, from anybody. Uh, oh, I like the thing she did tight. in we'll Glamorous Life where she she kicked the crash symbol. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, super right. cool. You got, if you can't kick a symbol, you're not cool. <laughs> and right. in time. She kicked it in time and kept going. But she yes. was standing. Yep. But yeah, Glamorous Life. I mean, that's great. Heck yeah. got a little... Little oh solo in that. That could have been your favorite. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. But um, I am going to go back to my retro pick. Um, of course, modern day, you know, I mentioned Ben Thatcher. Can't get enough of, um, you know, his playing in Little Monster on their self-titled mm-hmm. album. So check that out if you get an opportunity. Um, but, you know... You hear that, um, and then the guitar comes in, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Yeah. Can't get enough of that. Yeah, me too. Best intro ever. Yeah. Or him on the lead in on Bullet the Blue Sky. Oh my gosh. Those drums. Holy smokes. That is a great intro. Not I love that intro. Drums on the Bullet the Blue oh. Sky. Hell yeah. And I actually, I actually learned, you know, in looking through things to prep for this, I didn't realize the way that they recorded the drums on um, Bullet the Blue Sky was that they actually had him go into studio by himself and recorded it. And then they went to this warehouse and had it played through speakers in the warehouse and recorded it that way to make it sound so big and echoey. Hmm. Did not know that. Me neither. Yeah. I was yesterday old when I learned that. Mm-hmm. You know, when Lanois produced a little low tech magic. <laughs> yeah. Well, for mine, I'm going to go with a, an album uh, that came out, I want to say, 2012, 2013, or early 20 teens. Uh, you don't get drum solos very often in the modern day, especially in a rock song. You go to a live show, you see the solo stuff like that. But on Rob Zombie's album, Hellbilly Deluxe 2, and I can't, I, he goes by Tommy C or Tommy Clufetos, Clufetos. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so when your last name is Provoznik, you should be able to get everyone else's last name correct. But I'm um, Tommy C was how he was credited on the album. But the uh, drum solo, it's like a seven minute drum solo, comes about halfway through The Man Who Laughs, the last song on that album. And it's just, he's going crazy. It's seven minutes. It takes you back to just like, if you're at a show and you're just getting the drum solo right there, and it's on an album, and it cuts back into the song, They and then there's just the big uh, crescendo out. Yeah. 
Tommy C, oh, the man who laughs, from Hellbilly Deluxe 2, Rob Zombie. I got to look that, that out. But be careful, though, because uh, just uh, again, I was reminded of this in doing, doing the research. Tommy C quit the band after they recorded the album. They're going out on tour. He quit to go play with Ozzy. So Rob Zombie's like, all right, fine. We wish you would have done it differently. But they went in with the new drummer and they recorded, re-recorded. I'm not sure if all, but certain parts of the album they omitted. So on the next edition, it was like a special edition of Hillbilly Deluxe 2 that does not include the drum solo. Uh. Both of them are available on Spotify. Go with the original one. If it's not the nine plus minute song, it's not the Tommy one with the Tommy C solo. Interesting. Band wow. members can be vindictive. You know, it's ironic that, you know, Tommy C goes to play with Ozzy and Ozzy had slipped out and had uh, stripped out parts from uh, the rhythm section with his early albums with Leak or Slake or Slakey and uh, whatever, the, whatever the, the rhythm section was in the early albums. Yeah. All this useless knowledge, folks. All this useless knowledge. <laughs> Comes in handy for shows like this or if I'm we playing have, Jeopardy. That's about we it. We have found a use. <laughs> found a use for the uselessness. <laughs> Well, Dan Schinder from Drum Talk TV or DrumTalkTVBrilliance.com. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, for bringing your expertise on drums. Thank you. It's fun. Yeah, great topic. For we did it just for you. Come <laughs> back on later and bring us another topic. Yeah. yeah, I would love to. I struggled with those top, the, the two and the three, because there's so many for me who fall into that, that rating. It's not as clear cut as one, two, you know what I mean? So, it, it all right, well, hey, this is all over the place where we make up the rules as we go. And we we're about to say goodbye, but one more time around the horn, go with another honorable mention. Dan, to you first. It, I'm just going to bring it back to Ian Pace. Ian Pace all right, is amazing. Pete Purple can't go wrong. Marty. One of the most iconic solos, by the way, also on Made in Japan. Yes. Marty, who else you got in, in, in the back pocket? I got two, and I'm going to go with Keith Moon. Keith Moon. All right. What has he done? Keith Moon. Who? Just kidding. Keith Moon. <laughs> the other was Ginger Baker, but, you know. Ah, there we go. Oh, yeah, Ginger. Yeah. Jim, one or two from you. I'm going to go with Gene Krupa. He's the other most influential yes. guy, the classic drummer. Yeah. Christine? What else you got in the back pocket? Are you done? Animal. Yeah, animal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna close with another mainstay from the '80s, uh, Omar Hakim. He pretty much followed similar paths to uh, Manu Kache, playing with Sting, Peter Gabriel, uh, and uh, well, not, not 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 Peter Gabriel, but Bowie. He played with Bowie as well. Yeah. And I gotta give some love to the man from the New Power Generation. And he played with Paul Westerberg as well. Michael Bland from the New Power oh, Generation oh, out of Minneapolis. Christ. He did it. If you don't, uh, you don't know Eric like we do. He must. Must. He got must. in the replacements. Mentioned. Shoehorn the replacements. Yeah. No, that was not the replacements. Paul Westerberg solo. Paul Westerberg solo. Whatever. He's from the replacements. You just had well, to. Well, Josh Freeze. I appreciate that. Josh Thank Freeze. You. There's another drummer who's played with everybody, including the reconstituted replacement replacements. That's it, folks. All over the place. Part where he gets defensive. <laughs> oh, and much this love to defensive Wolfgang section. Van Halen, who can play any damn instrument he wants to. That's yes, right. Yes, he can. 
in Eugene. All right, Dan Chander, thanks again for joining us here on All Over the Place. Thanks. Check them out on Drum Talk TV, Facebook as well, or drumtalktvbrilliance.com. Thank you so much. You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know that you have, be sure to subscribe, like, and share at YouTube, Spotify, or your preferred platform. We thank you for your support. The opinions expressed by the guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the hosts or the producer.